Friend, please help Spirit-Filled Hearts Ministry by supporting the cost to produce Spirit-Filled Radio and Podcast for this current fiscal year. You can become a partner with Spirit-Filled Hearts by donating monthly. Your contributions make a difference in the lives of all those who listen to our radio shows and podcasts. Thank you for your support. Go to spiritfilledhearts.org and click on the donate button. That's spiritfilledhearts.org. Oh Lord, I need you. Welcome to Finding Your Way on Spirit Filled Radio with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. Ralph and Mark are successful business professionals, members of the Catholic CEO group Legatus, and generous donors to Catholic schools and charities. This show is dedicated to sharing the testimonies of those serving God in big and small ways and helping listeners walk in the footsteps of Christ. Here is your host to make introductions. Hello, this is Mark Prather and Ralph Linsmeyer on Spirit-Filled Radio Network, and welcome to our show, Finding Your Way. Let's open with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we give thanks for this opportunity and blessing of life, but along with this life comes many challenges. We pray that you bless us with your wisdom so that we may be of assistance in the lives of those that are listening to overcome their challenges in life. In Jesus' name, we pray. It is indeed a pleasure to welcome Claire Izagori to our program. Claire is a licensed marriage and family therapist specializing in premarital consultation, couples therapy, and marriage enrichment. She has also had over 30 years of professional experience helping couples to enrich their lives. Claire has co-authored Thriving Marriages, an inspirational guide to practical life happiness. Claire is an amazing resource. After hearing her speak, my wife has referred many, many friends to her. Indeed, during the COVID experience, one friend was complaining about having separated from her husband. She was introduced to Claire, and she re- reported amazing results. Claire, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Ralph and Mark. Tell us a little bit about your journey, a little bit about your faith journey and how it led into what you're doing now with helping families and what the key struggles are that you encourage with the families or the marriages that you encounter. Oh, that's a great question. Well, my husband and I have been uh, so passionate about helping couples. We call the thriving couple is the endangered species of our culture, the thriving, happily married couple. And so we felt years ago called by God to start our ministry uh, as clinical therapists, but also uh, as educational folk. So we're out on the campuses of our parishes, 40 to 50 every year through our L.A. Congress, just lots of places to to train couples. It's like a formation program learning how to be married. You know, when we get married, we don't know how to be married. So the main struggle of couples is to learn the life of unity that God calls us to. And the life of unity requires very core skills. And The biggest struggles that we've seen with couples through the years is that they're still thinking individualistically. To become a couple means that we learn the dynamics of of the you, the I, and the we, not just thinking about the I. And so we've developed a program that really helps couples grow uh, in those you skills, those I skills, and those we skills. Is it any harder for men or women to give up? Because I know me as a man 
Getting married, giving up the eye was really, really difficult. Well, it's not so much that we give up the eye. It's that we balance the I with the you and the we. And we give priority to all three of those dimensions. But more importantly, we develop the we. Because we see a lot of couples who have a very strong sense of who they are. And maybe they're a really nice person. And so they, they want to love their spouse. But they haven't really learned the core, what we call the dynamics of unity, of empathy, autonomy, and mutuality. Those are the three core. Claire, when we, when we kind of think about it, we struggle so often. In Thessalonians, it says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all things. It's hard for people to do that when they're interpersonally dialoguing with another. How do, how do you advise people to advance in that way? Well, we teach them skills. You know, love is not enough. Love is not enough to be successfully, lovingly married. We need skills. And so the way we teach them is we teach them five core skills. And I kind of think about your hand with these five fingers. The essential skills are empathy, assertiveness, communication, conflict resolution, and forgiveness that leads to reconciliation. And so those five core skills are really important. How do you develop those skills? How do you teach those skills so that they're grasping what you're what you're saying to them? Well, I'd like to tarry a, a bit on the first two. Okay. Empathy and assertiveness. Empathy is intelligent love. It's my ability to love my mate uh, and know their needs and to be able to respond to their needs. And so a big obstacle to empathy is sometimes we think, oh, I know my mate. You know, I know what he or she wants, and we assume we know, and it doesn't translate intelligently. Intelligent love is when you're able, or I sometimes call it bullseye love, when you're able to love the other person as they want to be loved. That's empathy, intelligent love. Assertiveness is the flip side of that coin, is how do we teach people to love us? How do we invite people to love us? So we always say empathy first, love the other, and then make sure that you share what you need, but to do it in, in a good way, the assertive way versus the complaining, criticizing way. A lot of people think that, you know, if I don't complain about stuff, my spouse is not going to understand what I need. And I say, no, actually what they're going to get, not only are they not going to get what you need, they're going to get your criticism. So delete criticisms and complaints. Learn how to invitationally say to somebody after you've affirmed them, hey, honey, you know, thanks for being interested in me. You know what I'd really like is. So it's not fancy language, but it has to be a positive invitation, not you better do it or else. So Claire, you know, it's so fascinating. There's so many resources and your book is quite a resource. I understand that every year over thousands of people come to you, your resources to help counsel. And so it's so often where people come together where miracles, is that true? Well, we've been very blessed in the over 30 years that we've been teaching thousands of couples our Thriving Marriages program, either in our clinical office or out in the churches or like these wonderful radio shows like what you guys got uh, or through Zooms. It's just been a blessing. Or, you know, people just get our book wherever they are in the world. You can get it through Amazon. They just get it. And we encourage everybody The book is a small but mighty book. It's a training manual to unity, and the life of unity doesn't come natural. You would think it would because we follow a triune God. We we follow God who is Trinity and is a loving relationship. Theologically, we might get that, but in reality, we don't do unity very good. Please tell us how we find your book. You can go to our website, which is www.thrivingfamilies.com. Uh, you can get our Thriving Marriages book at Amazon. 
Uh, you can get our CDs and MP3s off that website, thrivingfamilies.com. Uh, so it's easily accessible. You can just click on, download the talks, and you got it. Romans 8 says, God works all things for good for those that love him. Please tell us how all things can work for good. Well, Romans 8.28 is a powerful verse. It says, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Beautiful. Now, what that means in modern lingo is, are we living the life of unity that God wants us to live when he says his new commandment is to love one another as I have loved you? That's what he's most interested in. So the mutual love of loving one another as he has loved us is the prerequisite to everything working out. So we may be pretty good at empathy, but maybe we're not so good at assertiveness. We might be really good at assertiveness, but really low in empathy. We might be good in empathy and assertiveness, but maybe not so good in some of those other skills of communication and conflict resolution. What about self-love and ego? How big of an obstacle is that that you encounter? Well, it's always there. Our ego is always there saying, me, me, me. See me, see me first. And that's why we say empathy first, because we have to focus on how do I love you, my mate, because we're so kind of full of ourselves. And we're also very individualistic in our culture. We don't think primarily us. We think, how am I going to get my point across? And so we have to, all of us, even the really high empathy people who I call the nicest people in the world, uh, sometimes they're loving the spouse because they're afraid of displeasing the spouse. So when we strip fear and passivity and indifference away, then we've got some good, strong empathy. Okay. So we went through a couple of the five. Let's dive deeper into those. Well, the five core skills in, we call them the dynamics of unity, you know, of, of the you, the I, and the we, those dynamics of unity have important skills. I wanted to tarry a bit on empathy and assertiveness because that's the key that's going to open the door to success in all of those areas. If I have empathy when I'm having a problem, one of those core skills was conflict resolution. Well, when I come to having a conflict with my mate, which is simply that we're different, that's the majority of conflicts is that we're different. If I've been practicing empathy, now it's empathy on steroids, because now I really need to tune in to how this person is thinking and feeling, and they need to tune in to how I'm thinking and feeling. And then together, as we understand and value each other, we commit to an action that leads to a win-win. So Claire, we've all been so challenged. I'd like to put you on a spot for a moment. Maybe a personal story reflection in your life, or perhaps a close friend or someone you consulted. A personal story, if you would. Well, on building unity, Yes, or overcoming a miracle-like experience. I don't know about miracles. You know, I'm sure we've had some miracles, but I think in the day-to-day life that we're living as couples, our differences are always there. And so we always need empathy to keep being interested instead of fighting, flight, or freezing. That's a natural response to a conflict is to go into a fight, flight, or, yeah. or freeze mode. And so um, in, in my own life with John, you know, he, we have a cross-cultural marriage, you know, and it's a beautiful blending of, of John is from Spain. I'm a native Californian to the marrow of my bones. I'm very proud of <laughs> Southern California. So 
but even if he had come from the same town in California, or I came from Barcelona, his town, even if we'd come from the same town, the fact that he's a man and I'm a woman is a difference. So when man culture and woman culture come together, we just have different differences. Now, the problem is not the differences. The problem is how we handle the differences. Well, this empathy issue, I, I think is so critically important. And I like to say women are creatures of the heart, where men tend not to be so much heart or empathetic based. When you have a, a mate that is really weak in empathy and they're oblivious to that fact, how do you coach them in that? Well, we have three parts to empathy. To do robust functional good empathy we need to learn to love each other from the mind so we need to figure out what are your needs so just ask each other hey what do you need don't assume you know what the other one needs those needs change day to day and we need to update our records mentally and that's what i call loving your mate with your mind but we also need to love each other with our heart which is how do we make room in our heart and value that wish instead of saying oh okay yeah 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 i understand what you want but sometimes we diss them in our heart we say oh you know that's hogwash you don't really need that you know that's what couples say to each other hey you don't really need that and just just buck up you know or worse we give advice so the ability to love with our heart means that we value the request of our partner then we need to love them with our behavior we need to do We need to respond to that request in a relevant, timely fashion. A lot of people are good understanding the needs of their mate and valuing it, but they're very passive and they never get around to doing it. Or they just get so busy, they never get around to delivering. So Claire, I do believe in miracles, by the way. Okay, I know I've actually experienced miracles in my life personally, but my wife keeps reporting to me the results of you being introduced to her friends, okay? So action steps, that's the critical thing. So often it's people coming together. Two people don't always have the capability to pull it off. Sometimes blending together with other people to get insights, which you're doing today, so helpful. Thank you. But perhaps, you know, they're not going to use some other insights where they can go to find, you know, personal growth. Well, there's lots of of opportunities. We encourage everybody, get our book, you know, and do the book together as a couple. And when you read our book, Thriving Marriages, don't just read it for head knowledge, although you're going to get a lot of really cool stuff, you know, in the book. What I want you to do is is think about it as I'm living it. It's a living guide. Uh, So it it reads pretty quick. It's 144 pages, reads pretty quick, and it's, we hope, written super good, so you can go right through it. But then come back and live it together. So we we have these little exercises in each chapter. We say, okay, here's empathy. This is what it means. Now try this. So these little try this exercises are really powerful. One thing I'd like to kind of mention, in our previous conversation, you told me that about 50% of all marriages end in failure. However, you indicated that people regret breaking up and then actually about 70% of people want to get back. Can you go ahead and refine those numbers for yeah, us? Yeah, you know, the dial hasn't moved on the 50% of couples, one out of two couples divorcing, and largely due to a lack of empathy. They'll say things in the fourth year of marriage as they're ready to throw in the towel. That's when those first divorces start. They'll say things like, hey, you just, you just don't get me. Or, yeah. you know, you never listen to me. I've been there. <laughs> yeah, you know, by about the fourth year of marriage, if you don't got empathy, it, it's going to start sh- showing big time. And so 50% of couples divorce, but you know, at least 70% of those 50% 
deeply regret it. They so wish they had had a formation program, some counseling. So we that's why we're doing so many educational talks to help people learn the dynamics of unity to have a thriving marriage. And of course, as Christians, we're deeply devoted to sharing the spiritual dynamics. But we're finding a lot of people who don't ha- have a church or spiritual background very interested because when they love each other better, it's a very spiritual thing. Well, Claire, I'd, li- I'd like to share something with you just a second, okay? Last September, I heard a Bible verse, Isaiah 43.4. I'm sure you know this verse, okay? In this verse, God speaks to Isaiah. He says these words. I'm going to say them to you, Claire. And then you go ahead and reflect. Isaiah says, Claire, you are precious to me, and you are glorious, and I love you. You're glorious because you're made in his image. I told my wife, Una, those things after hearing them. Her eyes just brightened, and they started tearing what do you think about Isaiah? That's beautiful. Well, we are made in the image of God. And the and remember our God is Trinity, is a loving relationship. And bearing his image means we do what God wants us to do and the most important thing is to love each other as he has loved us. And I find that so powerful, but a lot of folk don't know how to do that. And I think that was our life calling is to spell out how do we do unity? How do we live the life of unity so that we not only love each other the way God has loved us, but we create a dwelling place for Jesus in our relationships. Claire, where does self-sacrifice fit into the empathy conversation? Well, this is the greatest way to overcome our ego yeah. is to be able to Uh, listen to each other and love each other. And sometimes that requires sacrifice. Now, when we're agreeing, it's easy peasy. No problem loving our spouse. But when we have really different ideas on stuff, uh, that's when it's hard. And that's why I say empathy on steroids comes in because empathy on steroids helps us sacrifice out of love. Now, if we aren't able to sacrifice out of love, we need to wait a little bit. Because sometimes we will be sacrificing, but we have a hidden agenda. We have a, okay, I'm being good now. Now you owe me one. (laughs) And we have this moral scorecard that we pull out of our back pocket and say, okay, I was good here. I did this. I did this. Now you owe me. So we tell people, don't do payback love and don't do investment love. Love purely. And if you can't love purely in an unconditional way, just wait a little bit. Ask God to soften your heart, grow some compassion, find out what's most relevant in loving your partner and when you need to do it, and then do something in that direction. And and don't plead victim or or plead martyr. Just say, it's hard for me, but you know, it's a good thing because I'm learning how to grow my pure love when I love unconditionally. So, Claire, you know, so many of us so often in life are lost, okay? Now, I'm actually in three small men's groups, and I've learned an awful lot from my brothers, okay? So many of these brothers have actually shared they've struggled with alcohol, which I know is a big problem from time to time. But there's a 12-step program that AA has, okay? I've studied it, by the way. But the third step is, Lord, relieve me of the burden of self, okay? Relieve me of the burden of self. That is, I've I've studied that a lot. It's made a big difference in my life. Could you comment, please? That's the beauty of empathy. Empathy grows our love to be able to love the other person, not the way I want to love them, the way I think they should be loved. Because there's a manipulative, controlling 
part of that. If we're loving people the way we think they need to be loved, just ask. And when we ask people, hey, how can I love you? Of all the things I could do for you this week, we actually have empathy questions in the book that we encourage couples to ask each other so they don't fall prey to, well, you know, it makes me happy. How come it's not making you happy? Well, the other person is a different person. Can you define love? So many people believe that love is just this this feeling, but then, you know, feelings change quickly, right? That's right. That's right. Well, love, there's three types of love. There's sentimental love where we, we just, in the early days of meeting each other, we love each other because we, the other person makes us feel so good. And that's youthful love. And we all... It's like popping the champagne. It's the fizz. So, But we need to grow in love. So beyond just, I love you because you make me feel good, we need to move to the second level of love, which is unconditional love. On the days that you're not very lovable, I'm still going to love you. You know, I'm not going to be conditioned by your bad attitude or, or by your sour mood. I am value-driven, and so I will love you unconditionally. But that's not the perfect love. Perfect love is the third stage love, which is mutual love. And God says to us, Jesus says to us over and over and over, in John 15 especially, he says, when you are united in my name, loving each other as I have loved you, then my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. When you are united, unity is that third level, which is mutual love. And we're not always at mutual levels with folks, but we can keep working on it. So love that. Yeah. I would say love is a growth in mutuality. And we may not be at mutuality with some folks, but you know what? Keep growing, keep growing the empathy, the assertiveness, all that stuff, all those skills. And we move from sentimental love to unconditional love. Unconditional love is a step of maturity. You know you're getting very mature in your love when you're able to keep on loving when the other person is not very lovable. But don't stop there. We need mutual love. You know, we do struggle in life. And in Thessalonians, it says rejoice in all things, okay? But how do we overcome those things that we've embedded so deep in our being? How can we start to the point where we can rejoice those things and learn from them? Yeah, just yesterday I talked about how to be a happier person, how to be a happier family. It's not if we can be happy, it's how can we be happier. And so rejoicing, I would say that God has given us his joy. How do we experience that is through mutual love. And these skills of loving each other are critical to being happier and making other people happier. So if you're thinking, I'm not very happy in my marriage, instead of complaining, learn the skills. You know, start loving the Jesus way. And there's a lot of joy that starts to come. And I think that's why those miracles you were asking me about earlier, I would say a lot of miracles I've experienced with couples has been when they're ready to throw in the towel and they start doing these skills. Suddenly they realize, wow, I have been so immature in my love. We've been married 20 years, but I've been acting like an eight-year-old. Uh, you know, I'm stuck at that sentimental love feeling discouraged and, and full of anger that my mate is not meeting my needs. Once they transcend to unconditional love and then they both get going on mutual love, miracle time. By the way, Claire, I'm actually a marriage consult- consultant as well. I was actually an investment advisor. I've retired I've told people so often it's such a big mistake financially to break up. There's so many reasons to stay together. Finding that solution is key because 70% of all people that do break up regret it. True? Right. Yeah, it's expensive to divorce. Uh, 
But it's it's not just about that. You know, it takes a toll on our lives if we throw in the towel too quickly. We miss an opportunity. And so we get a lot of couples who come in on the second marriages and they want to get it right this time. And I always applaud them and I always say, Bravo, you those couples that come in on a second marriage and learn the way of unity through mutual love are stronger more mature than ever. However, ironically enough and paradoxically enough, the second marriage divorce rate is higher than 50%. Now you would scratch your head and say, haven't they learned? Why is it now 64%? Well, because people haven't learned. They just thought they married the wrong person. Mm. And that may be part of it, but that ain't the whole story. Well, Claire, in the assertiveness Mm -hmm. steps, so that we're clear, tell us what are the, some of the action steps as far as the assertiveness Yeah, component. assertiveness is a new language. The natural language we have is to complain and to criticize and thinking that that's the way to communicate our needs, and it's not. It's very ineffective. What we need to do is eliminate all complaining, all uh, criticizing, and be able to invite the person. What we're doing in assertiveness is we're helping the person understand our needs and how to love us the way we want to be loved. But I have found that it's very important to affirm first and then assert. So before you ask your mate or your kid or your mother or your father or your colleague, whomever, you can use these skills with everybody, before you jump in and say, hey, you know what I'd really like, I really like X, Y, and Z, is first affirm the person. Say, you know, I really appreciate you being interested I really, because our natural tendency is to criticize. When we affirm, we're not making up stuff. We're affirming the actual good of what the person is doing. And then say, and you know what, what, what I'd really like is make it positive. That's a very important skill is when you make your request after you've affirmed somebody and you assert, which is just another way of saying you, you share what you want, make sure it's positive. Don't tell each other, you know, as one uh, wife said to her husband, in the old way, she was complaining and saying, you always interrupt me. Why don't you ever listen? You always... And I taught her to affirm and assert and make her request positive. And she was able to say, honey, I know you care about me and I know you're interested in me. You know what I'd really like? I'd really like if you would listen to me. She didn't say stop interrupting. She said, I would really like it if you'd listen to me. Even better yet, how about I love it when you listen to me? Yeah, yeah, you can use your own words. Say, I love it when you listen to me. I really want you to listen to me. Yeah, and so what he would then need to work on, and he did, I'm I'm happy to report, another little miracle. He was able to just start listening. He was so full of himself and what he wanted to ask, and he was always barging in on what she was saying, and, and he never understood her, so he had to ask more questions. So when he learned to open himself up and listen to her, that was a miracle in their marriage. Claire, we're getting near the end of our time, and my wife and I have been married almost 38 years oh, now. Congratulations. And it's, you know, it, it's challenging. But I'm going to talk about hope and the number of marriages, you, you know, the, the people you've counseled. Let's give them some hope. You know, it's so beautiful living the life of unity. It's just beautiful. And you might not feeling very happy or very hopeful in where you are in your journey right now. And, you know, we all have been there. We're all going to get there. Uh, I say to all the couples that I prepare for marriage, I say, okay, now you've got the roadmap to unity. So go fly. And when you hit a tree and you're gonna give a call. So I would encourage people to see the life of unity as a continuing education course. Why? Because we love each other. It's important. It's worth it. 
couples say to me all the time as they're leaving, Claire, how are you and John able to see so many of us couples? Isn't it discouraging? Is it worth it? And I said, if you get better, it is. So Claire, I know miracles are happening right now because of you being the resource today. But please, if you're interested in, in this book, go ahead and go to your website, and that is what? Yeah, um, I encourage everybody to go to our website, which is thrivingfamilies.com. And you're going to find a whole bunch of wonderful resources, our book, Thriving Marriages, as well as MP3s you can download. Click, click, click. We've got a bunch of stuff in English and Spanish. Our Spanish uh, Thriving Marriages book is called Casados y Felices. And now, Claire, if you would, would you close us in prayer? Oh, I'd love to. I'd love to. God, thank you so much for this moment to be able to come together and help couples and Thank you for loving us and for giving us your Holy Spirit, giving us the life of the Trinity, if we but learn the skills of the dynamics of unity. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for filling us with hope and love and never abandoning us. We are Easter people, and Alleluia is our song. Thank you, In your you, name Claire. we pray. Amen. Amen. And God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much, Claire, for being yeah. with us today. It's been a joy. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. You've been listening to Finding Your Way with hosts Ralph Linsmeyer and Mark Prather. For more, go to spiritfilledmedia.org. That's spiritfilledmedia.org. In closing, we share this word from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. To this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His footsteps. Take care, friend. Listening to the Spirit Filled Radio Network, God's Word to encourage you, inform you, transform you, to bless you as you change the world by being a reflection of Jesus. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry with a one time or monthly gift. Spirit Filled Hearts Ministry is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. We are only funded by generous donors who believe in our mission to evangelize.